And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play -play coming to you live here on KLEB. Casey Jisler here with Coach Brian Colley. Uh, We hope everybody has a wonderful day today and our great start to their day today, and we hope to make it better. We'll be live until 1 o'clock talking some sports. Uh, we got some high school talk in this segment. Uh, then we're heavy middle school for two segments. We've got both halves of the coin uh, from our matchup that you'll be able to hear tonight here on KLEB. We've got LCO football coach, Coach Keegan Polkey, who will be joining us at 1145. Um, he will be excited to tell us about the Bulldogs' plans as they're taking on Raceland Middle today. And then at noon, we've got the other half of the coin, Alan Wiltz, the head football coach at Raceland, um, to tell us about his team's plans. Uh, we've also got... Uh, and this is uh, a matchup out in the Homa area. If you're in the Homa area and you want to watch a good middle school game tonight, you got Vanderbilt and Oaklawn tonight at Vanderbilt Catholic, 6 o'clock. That'll decide the Parish Championship um, on the Terrebonne side of things. So that'll be a good one tonight. We've got LCO and Raceland. So there's a lot of good ball that'll be played tonight. At 12.15, we dive back into the high school realm, and we got Tyler Lewis of the Terrebonne Tigers. His team is 4-1, and one, looking to get to 5-1 and one tomorrow against Ellender. You get the five wins. You've already clinched it. It won't be a losing season. Uh, the Terrebonne Tigers are playing some good ball, and they're going to be heavily favored tomorrow. At 1230, we'll talk maybe a little bit of LSU, maybe a little bit of Saints, uh, maybe a little bit of NBA as well, because there's been some news in the NBA that's broken in the last couple of days. At the bottom of the show, I listed on my um, on my sheet here betting picks, but there's no games today. Like There's no MLB playoff games, so we're going to just kind of talk some sports here at the bottom of the show. Um in lieu of any of the picks that we have to give to you all today. We've been going over these week six matchups um, throughout the course of the week. Um, we got some some games that are probably not going to be that close, just being realistic, and I'm not going to go over every one of the matchups. Again, you've heard them throughout the course of the week. Um, but we've got some matchups that I think are huge for postseason. Um, I think that when you look at Thibodeau and Hanville, Thibodeau right now is 1-4, and four, but because their schedule has been so damn hard, if the playoffs started today, the Tigers would actually be in. Um, they're hosting Hanville on Friday. And I just can't imagine, and I would love to have Dre on at some point. I actually tried to get him on earlier in the week, and he was occupied, had some stuff going on. But I would love to have Dre on soon to, to see how are they like approaching that because <laughs> they're 1-4, and four, right? And... Right now, they would be in the playoffs if the playoffs started today because the four losses are all – I mean, you know, uh, Lutcher and E.D. White, and, like, they're losing to a who's who, so they're getting power points out the, out the wazoo. So, like, if I were Dre or if you were Dre, how were we – or how would we motivate our team? It was like, on one hand, you're one and four, and the kids are down, and the kids, you know, the kids are gullible today. They, they don't want to hear, oh, well, your, your power ratings are good. You're getting power points. All they know is that, hey, we've been getting our butts kicked the last couple of weeks. But at the same time, you still have everything to play for. Thibodeau at one and four is in better shape than some teams that have three and four wins in some cases. So I'd be so curious to hear how Dre's trying to motivate his team heading into what is a huge matchup with Hondo at home on Friday. Hondo is as beatable as they've been in a long time. That is a great, a huge game for Thibodeau. If they beat Hondo on Friday... Um, they could really go a long way in trying to carve themselves out a spot in the top 28. That's a big, big game, man. You motivate your team. Look, we're halfway through the season. Seniors guaranteed five games. 
You want more? We got to win a couple down the stretch. And you don't have to win out. You win a couple more, you could be looking good for the playoffs, but you got to win. And um, I think they can get it right on Friday against Hornville. But look, Hornville had a decent showing last Friday against East St. John. So they, they may have turned the corner. They're starting to play some good football, but uh, hopefully Thibodeau can have a good performance and win a couple and get into that top. Like both teams are coming in one and four. They're 28th and 29th in the power ratings. So what this means is obviously if you win, you help yourself. But if you lose, you're losing to a one-win team. So at the end yeah. of the day, like the winner of this is going to not really get a whole lot except maybe a little momentum, but the loser is going to be in a bind. Um, and that's why I think it could potentially be an elimination game. What was their schedule the rest of the way after? Thibodeau, um, yeah, I could pull it up. Thibodeau has, well, Hanville first. Hanville has. Has to get easier. <laughs> yeah, a little. Um, they've got Thibodeau, then Lutcher, then HL Bourgeois, then Central, then Terrebonne. So right out the gate, Ooh. they're probably favored against Thibodeau slightly. They're not going to be favored against Lutcher. They're going to be heavily favored against Bourgeois and Central. Terrebonne, I don't know, probably a toss That's Thibodeau's schedule? That's, that's Hanville's schedule. Oh, what Thibodeau has. Thibodeau's schedule lightens up a little. That's <clears throat> They've got Hanville, HL Bourgeois, Central, Lafouche, but then you close out with Terrebonne and Destrehan. So really, Ooh. not that. Yeah, so both teams are in a situation like this is a must win for both of those teams. Um, South Lafouche. In the same situation, South Lafouche right now in that same Division One non-select mumbo-jumbo, they are ranked currently 32nd. You're taking on Assumption on Friday. Assumption has, what, three wins or whatever it may be. If you want to get in, you got to have this one. I know we've said it throughout the course of the week. It's a must-win for the Tarpons. It's a more important game for them, frankly, than it is for Assumption. Assumption sitting at number eight right now in Division Two non-select. They're in a pretty comfortable spot. Um for BJ and the crew, the next two games are like playoff games. You got to beat Assumption. You got to beat Morgan City. It's not impossible if you don't win them both. But boy, you could really help your cause if you do win them both. I would be curious to see if the Tarpons are more inclined to maybe take some chances a little bit, knowing, hey, man, we got to push all in. We've got to win this one on Friday. Is it your last three games of the year with the Tarpons at St. Louis? Is it. Uh, they or, got it's it's assumption this week. It's Morgan City next week. Then yes. then it's a gauntlet. Then, then you're you're playing St. Louis. Then you're playing um, Ellender. Ellender. Then you're playing Vanderbilt. Yeah, you're you're going to be heavily favored against Ellender, but you're not going to be getting a whole lot if you win that one. You're going to maybe have to steal one of those two at home, either St. Louis or Vanderbilt. That's, that's easier that's, said than done. Their final three games. Those two out of three games, the St. Louis game and the Vanderbilt game is going to be huge for the Tarpons. They, to me, tomorrow night I think is a must-win for the Tarpons to get in the playoffs. No, oh, I'm with you. I'm with I, you. I've been saying it all week. I think you got to have that one. Um, it, but just the the fact with the the division that they're in now, they're what they're in now. They're, they've been in it, but it's tough. Five and five, I don't think get you in. Six and four, you're going to be one of the last ones, if not. You're going to be one of the last ones either in or out if you're 6-4. You, probably the bottom five, I would guess, at 6-4. At, at and, and so. you, you know who that would put you against as of right now? Santa Mont, Walker, Dutchtown, Southside, Destrehan. I mean, 
that's no good for anybody. No, no, it, it's it's <laughs> it's brutal. But that, that's the way we end with the LHSA vote. <clears throat> Casey, we learned uh, only one team in the uh, Bayou region voted. Was it? Yeah, a little puzzling. All was right? it yes or no? What? Uh, um, so sixty-eight percent of the Louisiana principals voted yes which was a ratification of the new definition for select schools, which we passed last year, which basically, in layman's terms, what we did last year is we said, okay, select schools are not just private schools anymore. It's anybody who could get kids from outside of a zoning district. So it's private schools, charter schools, magnet schools, and schools that are in an open enrollment parish because there are some parishes in Louisiana, Orleans being one, Lafayette being others, where like if you live in one area of Orleans, you don't you're not confined by a boundary. You're not told, hey, you're going to John Aird or hey, you're going to this school or hey, you're going to that school. You just choose. You just show up at that Ed in the car and say, all right, I'm going to Ed in the car. Um, which ironically enough is what all the good football players do. Crazy how that works. Um, but so we put all of those, these schools that are not constricted by boundaries, all in the same bracket, they're all listed as select. And by voting, yes, we ratified that definition and took the case out of the courts was remember nine schools sued the LHSA and got a temporary restraining order. But by the principles ratifying this, the courts no longer have power. This is what we're doing. Had we voted no, we would have taken all of those open enrollment schools charter schools and magnet schools and put them back on the public side and in our private school brackets would have been depleted there would have been 10 12 teams in the playoffs everybody would have made it we'd had 0 and 10 teams making the playoffs and our public school brackets would have been over overloaded there would have been 60 plus teams competing for 28 spots i think voting yes was unquestionably the only decision but it was a little puzzling to see that there was one local school who voted no and it was South Lafouche High School. I don't, I don't necessarily understand that. I would love to, to hear uh, Miss Lagarde's reasoning for doing that. Um, at the end of the day, it didn't matter. The yes is 168% to 32%. But if you look at the, the schools that voted no, um, it was mostly open enrollment schools that didn't want to be select anymore. And then South Lafouche. Didn't, I'm not, not sure what the motivation there was to, for, for doing that. And look, from what we understand, we may be missing a piece of this puzzle. But I think the vote was only for the definition. Yes. All right. The no vote that would not get you playing back in 4A. It was only for the definition. It was only for the football playoffs. So you mentioned it yesterday. Regardless, yes or no, we still Division One. Yes. So voting no is just letting all these teams that can get kids – in different ways than what South Lafourche can get ways back in your playing field, which is not a level play field. It's not right because they can get kids ways where South Lafourche can't, and that, that's how South Lafourche voted. That would have been Karen Crow, uh, Carr, Tioga, Alexandria, Acadiana, East Jefferson, McKinley, Northwood of Shreveport, Lafayette High, Liberty, Bonneville, Higgins, Huntington, John Errett, Pineville, like on and on. It would have just been a whole slew. Warren Easton, I know they're not postseason eligible this year, but Warren Easton would have been on that side. Look, it's hard enough to make it right now as it is. When you add some of these state powerhouse programs, it would have been brutal. Like, holy, uh, uh, Karen Kerr right now is 5-0. and 
Uh, Captain Shreve, 4-1. and one. Carr, 5-0. and oh. Tioga, 4-1. and one. You would have been adding those teams. They would have been coming in ahead of you. So instead of sitting at 32, which is where you are right now, you would have been like 42, and you would have pretty much been out. You would have needed to win the rest of your games to get in. And, and, and South Terrebonne, who's in a worse situation than South Lafourche because they have fewer kids, they voted yes. Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> the only so, school in the region voted no. I, we might, we may be missing a piece yeah. to this puzzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we may not know, but it was just it was it was, it was puzzling to see for sure. No well, doubt about that. Regardless, uh, the individual one, it's still not fair. But uh, again, we we're beating a dead horse with this. It's uh, it's done. Homer Christian School has a a chance on Friday to maybe clinch a playoff berth. Man, hate to say that so bluntly, but when you're in a district with Cohen. Um, Fisher, Jefferson Rice, Charter, Thomas Jefferson, and then South Plaquemine. You're playing for the district championship Friday when you take on South Plaquemine. So it'll be very interesting to see if the Warriors could get that win. Um, huge game for them. Huge PowerPoint opportunity for them. Looking over at the select schools, but we've been paying so much attention to the non-select schools. Division two select. EDY is currently the number five team in the state right now. I don't know that there's four teams better than them in that bracket, but they're currently slated at number five. Vanderbilt is currently number 10. They're two and three. Just goes to show the strength of their schedule that you could be in the top 10 with a two and three record. Uh, in Division Four select, we've got Central Catholic of Morgan City that's holding their own at number 12. Covenant Christian at number 16. So a couple of teams there locally that might be having opening round home playoff games. That's exciting. St. Edmund, who South Lafouche beat to open the year, is currently four and one. They're 10th in Division Four select. So... Um, it's playoff time, man. Like these numbers are starting to matter. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. These numbers are starting to matter. And we've got a lot of teams that are playing really big, really high stakes games, including the game that we'll have tomorrow when South Lafouche takes on assumption, as we said, very, uh, very heavy playoff implications there Saturday morning. When we sit down for the sports corner and look at these numbers, we'll have a little bit of a better idea who's going to be going where, um, let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to go to coach Keegan Pokey of the LCO Bulldogs. His team's got a big one tonight. They're taking big on Raceling, try, uh, trying to snap a two-game schneid. Coach Pokey will be joining us as play-by-play on KLEB. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Three T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive-through. No appointment necessary. Three T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Chain says, Go Tarpons! Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. 
Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Welcome back to Play by Play. Tonight, we're making the trip up to Central Lafouche to watch what I think is going to be a really good middle school football contest between LCO and Raceland. And we have one half of the coaching uh, spectrum of that one. We got Coach Keegan Poku with LCO on the line now. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are we doing today? Doing well. What about you guys? Doing good, bro. Uh, big opportunity for your team against another quality opponent. We've seen Raceland this season. They're athletic, they're physical, they, they do a really good job being in the right places. Another challenge for the dogs tonight, man. I'm sure you guys are excited. Yeah, absolutely. We knew uh, when we looked at the schedule that our first half of the season, uh, we we're going to find out exactly what we were made of. And uh, we took some lumps the last two weeks, the last two games. But I think, again, I think our kids are, are better. I think they're improving each day. And I think, again, you're going to see that tonight when we go out uh, to Central Push and play the uh, Cups. Obviously, facing a Raceland team, you're going to have to try to keep their playmakers in a phone booth. You don't want them to get rolling. they got a lot of team speed. How do you guys try to control that line of scrimmage and get them off their block before they get started? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, On the offensive side, they do a really good job. Number nine, uh, their quarterback throws a really good ball. Uh, number two and their wide receiver, number 12, both of them do an excellent job. And then their, their running backs are hoss too, as in number four. So we, uh, we're going to try to do our best to go ahead and make sure we're in the right places at the right times, uh, making sure we, uh, we're looking out for the quick passes and the deep ball as well. Um, but just come off the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, just coming off, uh, win the game up front. And if we win the game up front, put pressure on their quarterback, don't let them throw those easy passes, I like our chance. Man, one of the things that had to have been frustrating for you guys over the last two games, and Brian and I said this so many times on the air while calling them, is, bro, I feel like your kids are in the right positions. Like against Thibodeau, you're, you guys were, were making hits, but just were not making tackles. Um, tackling has been a little bit of a, of a sore subject for your defense. Have you guys gotten better in that, and are you ready to tackle those cups tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, every day we give uh, about a 10 to 15-minute period of tackling. And um, it was little things, you know, a little technique, a little uh, unsure if they're able to tackle, but I think their confidence is, is growing. I think the coaching staff is doing a great job of making sure that we're continue harping on the idea. Because I mean, let's be honest, football a lot of times deals with uh, blocking and tackling, so yep. that's not going to go away. So, uh, but I think our coaching staff is doing a great job just going ahead and each day implementing the little details on on tackling. And I think the kids are bought in. <clears throat> truthfully, I, I think no matter if they we lost the last two or not, I think they bought in of just wanting to improve each day. And I think you will see the improvement again in tackling today as well. Coach, speaking of, of buying in, how's the, the mindset, the attitude of the kids? Uh, quite frankly, look, this is a, a, a huge compliment to you and your program. I, I don't know if you have ever lost two games in a row, uh, which is uh, amazing, but how's the, the, the attitude of, of the kids right now? Yeah, it, it is our first time. Uh, and look, a lot of these kids are not really used to, when they came to LCO, not really used to uh, – <clears throat> the um, negativity of a, a loss, you know. 
But I really think after that EDY game, we kind of watched it just like the typical game. We kind of just went ahead and said, hey, after tonight, it's kind of over with. Uh, let's get back to work. I don't think we really give them enough time. And look, they might go home and they might go and say, hey, we, we're not very good or anything. But I don't think we give them enough time to even think about it when we go going practice because we're moving them around, making sure they're all bought in, making sure they're all doing the little things correctly. And uh, truthfully, I, I think we exactly how we were before we played Thibodeau on the sense of our positivity and our motivation to get better. That's good to hear, man. Look, one of the big keys for you guys offensively, you got to stay ahead of the chains. You know, you can't, you're not an offense that's designed to convert a lot of third and 12s and, you know, second and 11s. And how important is it going to be on first down that you guys are pushing forward and getting that three, four yard gain and then staying ahead of the, the, the sticks tonight? Extremely important. And look, one of our biggest things after the East White game was, hey, look, we were right there. We we're one down away, uh, one yard away to go ahead and and making that game a little bit different. And um, we're doing the right things. We, we just got to do them a little bit better. Uh, the, the line is doing an unbelievable job coming off the, the ball, blocking. Uh, but to get better, we got to stick with our blocks. The running backs are doing a great job seeing the hole, but now we got to do a little bit better and break the tackles that are, are being made. We shouldn't get tackled by one person. And, look, I need to get better. Uh, I kind of looked at the, the film, and I was like, as a coach, you always say it's my fault. I should have been better prepared. Um, but I went ahead and looked myself in the mirror and said, hey, I need to do a better job play calling and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, we're going to make sure we stay ahead of the, the, the uh, six. We'll make sure we go ahead and do what we do best, and then uh, hopefully we come out on top. Look, I know this is out of your control either way, but do you prefer playing on Tuesday or Thursday? I know that those are kind of the two designated dates. Every once in a while there's a Wednesday game, but do you have a preference either way on which day of the week that the Bulldogs play? I know it's it's literally impossible to to get the field uh, certain. I just wish it was consistent. And uh, like, if we're gonna play on Tuesday, play on Tuesday. If we're gonna play on Thursday, play on Thursday. Because uh, the last week, man, we were beat up after that typical game, and then we turned around to play on the Tuesday after a few days' notice. It was kind of tough. But I, I think I prefer a, a Tuesday. I'm not sure why, but I think I prefer Tuesday just for the fact that I think we we. I guess we were kind of used to that the last couple of years. And then this year we, we're doing Wednesdays, Thursdays. Like next week, I think we play on a Wednesday. So I, I think I truly believe uh, – I think I'd I rather choose it, choose this uh, game. Okay, sounds good, dude. Last question before we let you go. What are some keys to victory? What are some things the dogs got to do to go on the road and get a big win tonight? Uh, control their athletes, like we kind of mentioned before, number two, number 12. Make sure we're tackling four, game tackling number four. Hit them in the legs. Make sure we're uh, wrapping up. Uh, tackling. Um, on offense, just go ahead and uh, do what we do best, coming off the line of scrimmage. And we got to understand, hey, we're a very good football team. Have the confidence uh, like we should. And uh, I think everything else is going to play out for itself. Sounds like a winner, man. Thanks so much for the time. Good luck tonight, bro. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yep. That's Coach Keegan Pokey with LCO doing a good job. It's a big game for their team. I think the teams are extremely evenly matched. We've seen them both. Um, E.D. White beat Raceland earlier in the season, so they have a loss. But reading between the lines, Raceland's quarterback got hurt early in that game. Coach Wilson's convinced that if they would have been full strength, they would have got the win there. Um, it's going to be tough. I like the game plan. You know, you got to stop the ball carriers from getting in space, and you got to make tackles, and uh, offensively, got to stay ahead of the sticks and control the clock. If LCO does those things, they'll be okay. But it'll be easier said than done against a very good Raceland team. One big thing I think is key for the Bulldogs: you cannot turn the ball over, and that has been an issue. We've seen that a few times this year. If they can keep the ball, keep possession of the ball, they can make these long drives, which will eat up most of the quarter. 
So if they can hold on to the football, I think they'll be fine tonight. Uh, they, they they understand. Racing is a, a very good, very well-coached football team. Uh, they're going to have to be ready to go tonight to get a victory. Last night, um, I had the opportunity to watch the Bayou Blue and E.D. White game over at Central Lafouche. And look, Bayou Blue came in 2-1. and one. But there were a lot of people in the parish that were saying, yeah, they're not, you know, one of the better teams. You know, they just, you know, beat Lockport and Golden Meadow and they won some games that they were supposed to win. At halftime, that game was 0-0. Bayou Blue was driving and, you know, having success offensively. They were stopping the E.D. White offense. I think at the end of the day, uh, Bayou Blue kind of gassed out a little bit. E.D. White in the second half, I think, kind of broke them down. But for a little old community school like Bayou Blue to go up against an E.D. White team that has 50 players, and not only do they have 50 players, this is the advantage that they have. They have 50 eighth graders. I mean, that, that makes a big old difference when you don't have any sixth or seventh graders at all. And to play it close 18 to 6, first off, kudos to Coach Keith and his team for improving the 4-0. But secondly, Bayou Blue's a tough out, boy. Boy, they were at home last night playing well, had a little momentum, and uh, you could go back and watch that game on, on the internet. They were laying the wood, big hits, a lot of confidence. Uh, that's a much-improved football team, man. And EDY gets an 18-6 win. They're still undefeated. They and Thibodeau are the two undefeateds. But that was a good ball game last night. Very well played. After the Bayou Blue Golden Medal game, I <laughs> sent uh, Andre Adams, the principal with Bayou Blue, just a little message telling him uh, just from my point of view how impressed I was with his team and their their, uh, their coach, the job that they did. That was uh, – they got a good program going. And, look, they, they took their lumps. They're doing it the right way. You start from the bottom, they take their lumps. Now they're getting better and better. These kids are getting confidence. And uh, they're a good team. They're, they're, they're not, you know, oh, we're going to go. No, they're, they're a, a very good football team. A little thing, and I, I like to pay attention to little things, because I think if you do a bunch of little things right, it turns into a big thing. They shake hands last night with E.D. White. And at the end of the handshake line, you know, some of the kids are, you know, hanging their head. They're disappointed. They wanted to win. They expected to win. Um, and I'll give kudos to a former journalism colleague of mine, Mr. Kelly McElroy. As soon as he saw that, he said, hey, and I was, it was right in front of me because I, I was filming from the other side. He said, hey, do we walk on this field? And immediately all the kids that were somber and sad, they put their head back up and they ran into their own end zone. It, I like that, man. I think that character is what you do when no one's looking. I was probably the only person that noticed that. But Coach McElroy said, you know what? We ain't hanging our heads. We're running back to our huddle. We don't run on the field. We're not changing that even after a loss. Little disciplined things like that build a winner, and it was very impressive to see last night. Yep, those things make a big difference in the end. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll have Coach Alan Wiltz of the Raceland Cubs, the second half of our coaching uh, uh, spectrum tonight. The Cubs are trying to get a win over LCO and keep their Paris championship hopes alive. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? 
Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference. For all your auto repairs for your first car should be Detroit's Paint and Body Shop. Located at Highway 3235 in the Rose. They're established since 1997. Troy's Paint and Body Shop is family-owned and operated. They sell parts and repair all makes and models of vehicles. Troy's Paint and Body Shop honors all insurance estimates. Go by and see their trusted team of technicians for all your auto needs. Trust me, Troy's Paint and Body Shop, 985-693-4133. That's 985-693-4133. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic.viscom.net. That's joeseptic.viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Oh, I love that song. Cody Rhodes' theme here on Play by Play. We go to our second call-in guest of the day. That's Coach Alan Woods with the Raceland Cubs. We'll be watching his team play tonight at 6 o'clock against LCO. Coach, good to have you back on. How we doing today, man? Man, that song pumps me up too, man. So oh. Cody Rhodes. So. <laughs> no, I'm doing great. It's game day. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. Dude, you guys are taking on LCO. It's been a, a team that's given everybody problems in the last few years, but you're catching them maybe at a good time. They're coming off of a couple of straight losses, and your team's playing pretty well. What are some of the challenges you guys are expecting to face tonight against the Bulldogs? I mean, it's always going to be in the trenches with those guys. These guys are big, physical. They're not going to make many mistakes, so... We have to be disciplined. We got to be just as physical, if not more physical, and we got to take advantage of big plays. If we can't get the big plays, they're usually going to win. They're they're so well coached by you know Keegan Polky and all the rest of his crew that we know we have a big challenge in front of ourselves. But we're ready for it. Coach, we saw you early in the year against Golden Meadow and. We were so impressed by the way that you guys were in the right position and so well-disciplined. And, you know, a couple weeks have passed since then. You guys uh, lost a tough one to E.D. White, but I understand your quarterback wasn't there. But this feels like a good group, man. I've, I've mentioned it almost every broadcast we've done. I think you guys could beat anybody. I think you guys have the best chance of anyone to beat Thibodeau this year. Uh, this is a pretty good group you guys have. Yeah, I, I mean, these guys committed themselves all summer. They came in ready to work. And the big thing is – they're smart. Like you said, I, I don't have many issues with just lining up in the correct spots or just uh, procedure penalties because that's what's going to kill you. If you're you know, behind the chains all the time, it's, it's really going to move you in the wrong direction. And then just being, uh, just being ready to go. These guys are football-minded. Usually I have a lot of basketball kids on the squad, but these, these kids love football. I mean – Every chance they get, I see them playing video games, Madden. They're looking at highlight films. They're looking at our game tape. They, they love football, and uh, it's really exciting to see. 
especially here at race one. For sure, man. Look, tell us about your quarterback. We saw him, manages the game, manages the huddle well. He could throw it when he has to, could run it when he has to. Sounds like you guys got a pretty good leader under center that's, that kind of leads that offense, man. So Myron Giedros, yeah, he's a good kid. <clears throat> he's great in the classroom, and anything I throw at him, he takes it on as a challenge. Uh, I mean, he had a big week last week. When I went and told him his stats last week, he, uh, he threw three touchdowns, ran for two, and ran for two two-point conversions last week. And I know it was a, against a little bit of an undermanned team, but anytime you can go out there and perform on that level, it's going to build his confidence. And that's what I'm really hoping that he can see that he can have a path in football, not only at middle school, but going forward towards high school. Brian and I talk about this every middle school game we do. In a game like tonight where I'm expecting the score to be 14 to 12 or, you know, 22 to 20. Like I'm expecting a tick for tat come down to the last possession game. How important is it to convert those two point conversions? Because often that's the difference between victory and defeat in a close hard fought game. Yeah, we have to throw some wrinkles in there. We can't just run the same things over and over. But, you know, the biggest thing was we worked on special teams this week. And I'm hoping that we can kick a few extra points if we uh, have to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, reveal every all my hand, but I mean, going for one, you know, if we can nail it at, you know, seventy-five percent, I'm okay with those odds, and uh, that might be the difference in the game. Defensively, you got a big, strong front, but man, your linebackers and defensive backs fly to that football as well. You guys have been very good on that side so far today, or so far this season, rather. Well, discipline. They they, they get the rules that I give them all the disciplines, and they follow them. And the big thing is is when we put in our, our few key backups, they know the rules as well. They know what their assignment is and execute. The big thing tonight is we got to be aggressive, just as aggressive, and like I said, if not more aggressive than LCO, because they're going to they're gonna bring the hammer. we got to bring the hammer right back to them. For sure, man. Last thing before we let you go, what are some keys to victory? What do the Cubs have to do well to defend their home field and get a win over the Bulldogs tonight? Turnovers and penalties. If we can win both those battles, I feel like that might be the little bit of edge. Like you said, I think it's going to be a close one. I think it'll be down to the wire. But those little things are going to be the things that help us uh, towards victory. Coach, thanks so much for the time. Hustle us up a roster, brother. You know the routine. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Thanks, Casey. Yep, that is Coach Allen Woods with Raceland doing an excellent job, man. Look, I, I got to tell you, um, that dude's a good coach, man. Uh, it, it, it's A lot of folks will say, oh, he's got athletes. It's easy to coach athletes, blah, blah, blah. You could also have too many athletes sometimes, too, and it's hard to reel them in. It's hard to you know teach them, hey, you're only going to get the ball five times a game, not 30 times a game. He does a good job. We saw them against Golden Medal. They were very well disciplined. They were very, very sound. They were in the right places. And I think what he said just a second ago is huge. If they could avoid the big penalties – they could avoid the big turnovers, or if they can maybe force a turnover to their own, it can maybe swing the game in their direction. I truly believe what, what he said a minute ago. Extra points could be big. If they can, if they knock them home, it could be big. If they miss them, it could be big. I think we're going to come down to the little things tonight is going to be deciding who wins this ball game. Ball control. <clears throat> to me, I think it's, it's going to come down to time of possession. Who keeps the ball the longest and it can just, uh, sustain these drives? and get points when they get into the red zone. Yep, no doubt about that, man. Looking around the state of Louisiana, talking and shifting back to some high school stuff, I, I already told you the local matchups, but around the state, we got Rumble taking on John Curtis on Saturday. Um, 
Something tells me John Curtis might not be too thrilled no. after losing via a Hail Mary. Boy, you love to see that, by the way. Um, losing via a Hail Mary and a two-point conversion to Holy Cross. Karen Crow and Lafayette will be a good one. Catholic High and Liberty will be playing one another. That should be a good little ball game. East Ascension and Santa Monica, that's a huge rivalry game. That'll be a great contest around the state of Louisiana. Holy Cross, they're kind of the toast of the town, right? They're undefeated. They're now the number one team in the state in 5A. They're traveling to take on St. Augustine. <laughs> how do you how would you like that? You have such an emotional Saturday win where, for those who didn't see, Holy Cross beat John Curtis by a point. Um, completed on the last play of regulation, about a 50-yard Hail Mary. They throw it down the field into the end zone. The ball kind of pops up in the air, ricochets right to a receiver. You're still down one after the touchdown. They roll the dice, give the ball to Kobe Young, their Georgia Tech commitment. He runs around the edge, gets into the corner of the end zone. They win by one. So you know those kids are riding high. And now you got to go on the road and play St. Aug the very next week, man. I, could, I couldn't imagine the emotional roller coaster that must be. And Casey, how many games we see in now at uh, college and high school where when teams have the opportunity to go for two for the win – they, they're going for two. We've seen that more and more. It seems like each season it gets to be more and more. I don't mind that, but the thing that bothers the hell out of me, and we see it every Saturday, we see it every Sunday, is that coaches use this stupid analytic sheet to, to talk them out of kicking field goals. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, Ole Miss doesn't kick field goals ever. Lane, Lane just goes for it every time. Like, ah, drives me off the wall. Oh, fourth and three. The sheet says that I should go for it. But you're losing by two. The The mat says you should take the lead. Um, yeah, too, <laughs> too, too many times, man, we see teams get bottled up making boneheaded fourth down decisions. I think in tonight's game, <clears throat> Bulldogs get two-point conversions. Racing wants to kick it. Could be huge. Could be a huge yes, factor. Yes, I mean, Bulldogs, I don't know. We'll see. We got McDonough 35 taking on Abramson. Uh, South Terrebonne's rooting for McDonough 35, trying to earn a PowerPoint. Um, let's see. We've got around the state of Louisiana, Salmon and Lakeshore should be a good one. Terrebonne, of course, rooting for Lakeshore because they beat them earlier this season. We'll have Tyler Lewis on in the next segment. How about this? Turlings Catholic, you know they're always good. Taking on Westgate, who's one of the best teams in the state of Louisiana. That would be a great matchup. Warren Easton and Carver, that's a big rivalry matchup. In 3A, you got... Berwick and Donaldsonville, that's a district game. Um, Bogalusa and Amit, there's going to be athletes all over the field there. Um, E.D. White will be doing what E.D. White does against Patterson, I think. Iowa and South Beauregard should be a good one. JFK is in the top ten. They're taking on Sarah Reed. They shouldn't have any issues there. Parkview Baptist is having a good season. They're taking on Collegiate of Baton Rouge. Um, St. James taking on Lake Charles College Prep. St. Louis, the Tarpons are rooting for them. They're taking on Westlake. Um, you mentioned St. Louis earlier in the show. They have had a really good start to the season. That's, one, one loss, I believe. Yeah, I'm going to tell you exactly who they played. Like they've had some tough competition, and they, they're four and one. Uh, St. Louis has beaten Crowley 38 nothing, beat Iota 20 to seven, lost to Vador High School of Texas 21 to 17, beat Kinder 45 to 20, beat South Beauregard 31 nothing. They're coming down the Bayou in. 15 days to take on the Tarpons on October 20th. Um, boy, that'd be one that the, I know the Tarpons want revenge, but last year there were some, apparently some things that were said on the sidelines towards the Tarpon fans. And I know that a lot of folks with an ax to grind. Um, 
it's going to be pretty damn tough to beat those guys. They're really good, man. They, well, they, but look, last year the Tarpons played them well. Yeah, Tarpons, they did. They Until had the chances, fourth quarter. Yes, they had chances to win that game. Until the fourth quarter, you're right. South Lafouche was certainly right there with them. Um, some, I see you, Casey, scrolling. Thursday night football high school is becoming more and more of, of a bigger deal. It seems like as the season goes on. There's, like, I think, 33 games tonight. Let's see, tonight. Uh, specifically, we've got Bonneville and West Jeff, Como and Southside, Denham Springs and Live Oak, uh, Mandeville and Pontchartula. That's a big game for Thursday night. New Iberian, Opelousas. Um, let's see. <laughs> DeRitter and Lagrange, Carver and Easton are playing tonight. Lafayette Christian's playing tonight against Northside. Yeah, you're right. The Thursday schedules have grown. Um, I kind of like Thursday games, man. I, I I wish that locally we would have half the games on Thursday, half the games on Friday, selfishly, because I would just want to see some of the other teams play around the area. Um, but, yeah, it, it is growing, and you're right. There's a ton of games here on the schedule. Um, I know St. Louis Catholic plays a bunch of games on Thursday, but they share a stadium, and I think you see more high schools doing that. But a lot of coaches, some like it, some don't. But when you're playing on Fridays, sometimes it throws you, got, you lose a day but then the next week you gain a day, but it, it throws you, uh, your routine off, and coaches don't like that too much. Ascension Catholic, our buddies, uh, Coach G. Cassard and them, they're taking on St. John tonight, uh, so that should be some fun. I saw Ascension Catholic in the scrimmages there. <laughs> Not a team I would be raising my hand to try to face. They're really good, really athletic. So, yeah, a bunch of good ones tonight, and uh, we'll see how they shake out. Now, a good one tomorrow night will be Terrebonne taking on Ellender Terrebonne, trying to get their fifth win of the season. And we'll have their head football coach, Coach Tyler Lewis, on in the next segment. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Attention LA1 commuters, changes are coming to the GoPass toll system. We're updating the look on our website and invoices. We're also simplifying vehicle classifications from 8 to 3, making it easier to figure out your toll costs. Having GoPass is the most convenient way to drive on LA1 and guarantees the lowest available rate. Tag fee wave for new subscribers. All these changes are automatic. Just keep your eyes on the road and keep on going with GoPass. Need to sign up? Visit GoPass.com. That's G-E-A-U-X-P-A-S-S dot com. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. Performance Automotive and Accessories is your stop for lifts, rims, tires, and all your mechanical and maintenance needs. Our in-house mechanics are ready to keep you rolling. Before you buy tires and rims online, let us put a package together for you. We have alignment and tire equipment to do the job right. Call us first. Performance Automotive and Accessories, 985-798-RIMS. That's 985-798-7467. Again, 985-798-7467. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackage. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galveano. 
Our final calling guest of the day here on Play by Play. We go to high school and we make a trip out to Terrebonne where we have Coach Tyler Lewis on the line. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Afternoon, gentlemen. Doing great. How are you guys doing this afternoon? Good, dude. We're having a great day, man. Um, you guys are four and one coming in, taking on Ellender on tomorrow night, going to the, the swamp and making that happen. Um, your team's playing well. You've uh, had lopsided wins now in three straight. Talk about your week of preparation for the Patriots, man. You know, this week is cleaning up our mistakes and cleaning up the small things. You know, every week basically we focus on getting us better, being one and one and oh each week. Um, you know, um, you know, so we're getting uh some pieces back, but we did take some losses or a few injuries um on last week. So, you know, it's getting our young guys activated, you know, our young guys ready uh, right now going into uh the last five weeks of the regular season. How do you keep the guys grounded? Because look, man, with social media, the kids are reading, you know, hey, you guys are having a great year. They're looking at the power rating numbers. They're seeing that Ellender hasn't won any games yet this year. How do you keep them grounded and make sure that they're not overlooking their opponent with Destrahan coming next week? Well, it's simply as referring back to our creed. Our creed starts off with uh, it's all about Terrebonne. It's all about us. So it's always about Terrebonne. It's getting us better weekly. Uh, they, while we also – emphasizing the last five weeks the last five weeks is the most important five the most important five for us um we have to stay consistent we have to get better and we just have to keep uh coming together as a unit uh, as we try to make this run to the playoffs three-game road trip bro you got ellender tomorrow on the road then destran and east st john back-to-back both on the road you guys are gonna be some road warriors man playing some tough games against some tough competition away from home Indeed, uh, you know this mindset and 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 getting on the road is just going to prepare us for the playoffs. You know, uh, we're going to see some tough environments in uh in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna see some hard nosed five eight football, some river ball. So it, it's going to prepare us uh, as we move on, trying to get into this playoff and making a run for Terrebonne. Tyler, one of the things that everyone talks about with your team is the offense. And you and I have discussed, you got playmakers, you got running backs, good quarterback, you know, college receivers. But the one thing that I don't think gets enough attention or praise is the fact that your defense is really good. The most you guys have given up this season is 20, have been holding opponents mostly to just kind of some garbage time touchdowns here and there. Man, we fall in love with those guys scoring the touchdowns, but those guys who are preventing the touchdowns deserve a pat on the back too for your team. Indeed, the defense is playing great. Um, they're flowing real well. Like I said, we're big up front. Uh, you know, sometimes it hurt us being that big because, you know, guys find those little creases. But uh, we're holding opponents to a minimal point. Um, the, the game that we did give up the 20, uh, we didn't we didn't click at all offensively. Uh, we played on the field a lot. We played maybe about 40, 42 snaps on the defense side of the ball. Um, but defensively, man, them guys have been creating turnovers and scoring on defense. That's the big part about it. And if we could continue that in the next five weeks and going into uh, hopefully getting into this playoff, man, um, it, you know, we're, we're going to be a wrecking. You know, we're going to be a force uh, to deal with. You know, one of the things that people don't realize is, yeah, you guys got a pretty good little senior group, but in a lot of areas, you guys are still young. Like, you guys have a lot of underclassmen that are playing. Talk about how that youth has grown up this year, man. Yeah, we, we're definitely young. You know, we talk about offensively. Alvin Celestine is still a sophomore. Orion Mosley, who's one of our top offensive linemen, is a sophomore. The guard, Chris Stewart, is next to him, is a sophomore. Jared um, Bowden is the, uh, the, 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 the center. He's a junior, you know. 
You know, we still got young guys. Owen, Owen Oliver is a sophomore, you know. So we're still young in certain areas, you know. We're still young in certain areas. Um, but they got the experience last year. You know, we had to play those guys at 14 years old, 15 years old, playing 5A football for the first time in their lives. So um, they got a glimpse of it, you know, and I, I think they're really handling the challenge real well. I saw your junior varsity team play last week against Central Lafouche, and I got to tell you, um, a lot of speed and a lot of talented playmakers there too, man. So even with you know the youth and the different things, you guys still do have some things in the cupboard. To, uh, it's not going to be bare for the next few years at Terrebonne. Oh, no. You know, those those young men are used to winning. You know, they're running at uh, Homer Junior High. They're a talented group. Um, you know, it's the small things that they need to put together, understanding how the next level of football works, how the camaraderie works, you know, just small things like that. Uh, you know, I look forward to having those guys here. I look forward to getting the new guys that's going to come um, from uh, next door. You know, um, we're excited, man. And, you know, if we can continue this, then, you know, we're going we're gonna to create something here. Big old vote yesterday, or Tuesday rather, within the LHSAA. We have adopted the playoff formula from last year, which means you guys are going to be Division One non-select, and all the open enrollment schools are not going to be joining you. I've said all week, I you know, I don't know what the right full-term solution is, but given the two options that we had, I think the principals in the state did the right thing. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You know, when when you have the ability to. Uh, choose who you want to uh, to be a part of a team, you should be classified as something different. You know, if, if we can cherry-pick Terrebonne Parish and LaFouche <laughs> Parish, we, we would, you know, and, and you know, it would be a testament of uh, the really, you know, us, us uh, creating a powerhouse, rather. Uh, but I, I believe in it is fair, you know, that, that, they, that we're classifying that way. And, uh, you know, I just look forward to seeing how they really clean it up, you know, as far as PowerPoints uh, when, you, when we're talking 5 and 4A together and then possibly giving us a 32 team uh, instead of uh, like a 24 or 28 team, you know. But other than that, I agree with it. I, uh, I do. And, um, you know, my principal asked what was my thoughts and what would I vote, and he definitely listened to him and uh, our AD. So, um, you know, it's fair in my opinion. Last year, the Ellender game was kind of the game that started you guys having a really rough second half. Did you address that with the guys? Did you bring that up? Is this one going to mean a little bit extra based on what happened to you all last year? Yeah, we talked about it. We talked about it, you know, last year. You know, we talked about last week was homecoming. and We had Ellender on homecoming. Um, we talked about that. We talked about how we were young and we were in a good second half team. Um, you know, we're getting better at that. You know, so the, the kids, you know, we're, we're, we have goals on the walls. We have goals, and, and our kids have aspirations of making a playoff and making a run in the playoff and possibly becoming a state champion. You know, so, you know, they, they understand what's at stake. Our seniors know that the time is short for them. They only they have five guaranteed weeks right now. And, and they're taking that to heart, and they really want to do something and really want to leave a legacy here at Terrebonne. So, uh, I mean, it, it, it's coming together, and hopefully, you know, we can get rid of that, that injury bug and, and, and we enhance our IQ as we get through these next five weeks because, they're, like I said, they're the most, in five, the most important for us right now going into trying to get into this playoff. Sounds like a winner, Coach. Thanks so much for the time. Good luck tomorrow, brother. Appreciate it, guys. Yep, that's Coach Tyler Lewis with the Terrebonne Tigers. They're one of the better teams in the area. They're four and one. Um, I remember watching the Jamboree. They played Ed White, and I remember thinking to myself, "Man, Ed White might be like a little bit down this year." 
No, we have since learned E.D. White is just okay. It's just that Terrebonne is much better this year. Uh, four and one, probably going to get to five and one tomorrow, barring a huge upset. But then you start the gauntlet at Destrand and at East St. John, home against Thibodeau, home against Hanville. I think for Terrebonne, sitting where they are right now, looking Division One non-select, they're number 19. They probably got to win two more. Three more, you maybe get a home game. But if you get to six and four, I think they'll get in. Um, but boy, wouldn't it be nice to try to steal one of those from either Destrand or East St. John or you know, maybe defend your home field and get one against Hanville. Um, and they could do it. They're big. They're athletic. They're physical. They're, most of their defense has given up this year's 20 points. They play good defense. If you beat a Lakeshore team 40-13, to 13, you're doing things right. And I know Lakeshore is pretty good. I know they've had a rough start to the year. But, you know, they're always a solid program. This Terrebonne team locally amongst the Bayou region is our best shot, I think, in 5A. Yeah, look, it's a pleasure this year from the outside just looking – and, and watching uh, Coach Lewis and his staff build Terrebonne back up from the, the when they took over to putting their twist on a certain few things and building those that program back up, uh, it, it's it's uh, it's fun to watch schools like this when uh, new coaches come in, put their twist on certain things, and have success. And um, you see more and more people coming around behind this team and I think you're right they can they can uh make a statement on in the river this year um biggest game of their season ironically enough and we talk about this a lot for basketball Friday's a huge game if you lose as a 5a school in division one non-select with as competitive as things are there if you lose to an 0 and 5 L in their team you're gonna drop and you're gonna drop a lot so that makes this and look I know the frustrating thing is on the flip side, you'll win. You're really not going to move. You're going to just kind of stay the same, maybe even move down a spot or two. Um, but you absolutely have to win. The way this system is set up, you can't lose to teams that are non-playoff teams. You can't lose to one- and two-win teams. Makes it a must-win for Terrebonne. Got to have it. They're going to be heavily favored, but they got to have it. Can I, I'm going to say this in general. When you're playing an O-and-whatever team, uh, as a, a, you, a team coming in, you're favored to win the game. You want to get that game over with and out the way. Right away, first quarter. Yes, because, look, <laughs> when you let teams hang around and hang around, they can come and bite you in the end. But they're, they're, and it, coaches put so much pressure on themselves, and they're knowing we have to win this game. If not, we're dropping a good bit. You, you want to play, get this game over with and done with and, and move on to the next game because these games are uh, – a lot of pressure, and it's scary. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, and and El- and Ellender's coming in. Um, it was a close ball game for a long time against South Terrebonne. It got away from them a little bit late, um, but it was a close ball game for quite some time. So they're playing better maybe than they did earlier in the season. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Tomorrow we'll be checking on that one, get you some scoreboard updates brought to you by 3T. And uh, hopefully they could uh, Terrebonne could take care of business and, and, and make some things happen. Let's see. Um, talk about the Lutcher Bulldogs for a second. B.J. Young said something interesting the other day, and I'll bounce it off of you. Lutcher right now, 3-1. They're 2-0 in district play. They beat Vanderbilt 18-0. Beat South Louisville 42-0. B.J. said he doesn't think anyone in the district is going to score on them. They got South Terrebonne coming on Friday. Is it possible that these guys go through the entire district grind without allowing a single point? It, it, it's possible, but... You know what helps that defense is that 
field position. They're, yeah, you, they make you go 90 yards. And, and it's crazy. Offensive-wise, I, I like to see at the end of the season their average on offense starting field position and their defense where they start because it's it's amazing. That That's a huge part of what they're doing. And, look, that defense is great. I'm not taking anything away from them. But it just add in the equation where a team's got to go 80 or 90 yards. It, it, it's – yeah, if they keep doing that, it's going to be tough for teams to score on them. Well, their head coach told me Friday whenever I interviewed him, he said, like, our kicker is good enough to where if we tell him, hey, kick a touchback, he's going to kick a touchback. But also, strategically, they tell him, all right, kick it to the five this time so they can try to tackle you before the 20. And he's skilled enough to do that. Like, that, that's that's really hard for a high school kicker to do. Usually you're just kicking the ball as hard as you can wherever it goes, it goes. But when you've got a guy that – the coach says, all right, pop it up to the right corner, make them catch it around the five, we'll go tackle them at the 15, and you're actually able to execute that? Dude, that's such a luxury, man. And, and I forget the young man's name. I'll try to fish it out in just a second. Millet. Uh, Millet, that's their kicker. Um, huge weapon. Big-time, big-time football player for those Letcher Bulldogs. And it puts these returners in a situation. Do I, I'm standing at the five. Do I catch it? Do I let it go in the end zone? What if I let it go? It bounces at the one. And it takes a bounce back toward the field, and it's a scramble for the ball. So, yeah, there's a lot of decision-making that you're putting on these young men back there, and they're they're quick enough, fast enough to get down the field, athletic enough where they can tackle people inside the 20. We want to thank our friends at GoPreps for updating the Louisiana statistical numbers. These are the top um, players in the state of Louisiana through five weeks, the leading rusher in the state. Is Jamiron Island of Union Parish already has 1,117 yards rushing this year. Second on the list is our guy Kavon Johnson from St. Edmund, who has 1,079 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns. Um, how about Lakeview? Boy, this team must be good up front because they have the third and fourth leading rushers in the state. Wow. Omarion uh, Peer, who has 957, and Caleb Collins, who has 916. Those are the second and third leading rushers in the state. Passing. The top passing quarterback in the state of Louisiana right now is Ben Taylor of Airline. He's completed 118 of 167 through the air, 26 touchdowns, three interceptions, through 26 passing touchdowns in five games. That's that's incredible. Um, And where are they ranked? Airline, they're undefeated. They're near the top in in, in Division I non-select. Calvary Baptist's Abram Wardell has 14 touchdowns, one interception, 1,470 yards. Um Let's see if there's anybody locally up there. Nope. Receiving. Top receiver in the state, Parker Fulham of Evangel. 34 catches, 680 yards, 8 touchdowns. Um, St. James has a dude, Kobe Brown, 27 catches, 512 through the air. He's 7th in the state in receiving. East St. John has the number uh, 12 receiver in the state, Ja'Kai Joseph, 22 catches, 479, 9 touchdowns. Let's see who has the most touchdowns of anybody in the state. Passing touchdowns, it's Taylor. We just talked about him. 26 is ridiculous. Man, with all them yards, did one of them teams play LSU last week? <clears throat> I know, right? <laughs> Kavon Johnson has the most actual uh, carrying the ball into the end zone touchdowns. He has 16. So the St. Edmund running back continuing to do special things. So those are some statistical leaders. Dang. And, um, yeah, some dudes are <laughs> making some really, really good things happen. And we thank Hunter Bauer for compiling that list every week. Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. Um, we're going to talk about the aforementioned LSU Tigers and maybe talk a little bit of Saints as well. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. 
3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. All your auto repairs for your first car should be Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, located at Highway 3235 in the road. They're established since 1997. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop is family-owned and operated. They sell parts and repair all makes and models of vehicles. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop honors all insurance estimates. Go by and see their trusted team of technicians for all your auto needs. Trust me, Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, 985-693-4133. That's 985-693-4133. I'm like the water when your ship rolled in that night. Probably fitting that we talk a little NFL this segment with Taylor Swift playing here on Play by Play. It's um, 30 minutes to go here on KLEB. Um the NFL game tonight on Prime Video, uh, otherwise known as the Bud Bowl. We've got the Chicago Bears and the Washington Commanders. Um, I don't give a crap about that game at all. <laughs> That's good. Shouldn't be all that entertaining. No. Justin Fields, Sam Howell, the Commanders are favored to win by six. So they're they're favored to win by six. Justin oh, Fields is terrible. That's it. Six. <laughs> yeah, Justin Fields had a good game against Sean Payton last week. That's I guess a they're... bet. That's a bet coming on. Um, so we'll see the commanders come in two and two. They played well at Philly last week. The week before that, they got blasted by Buffalo. Um, so we'll see how that one shakes out. Um, let's talk some LSU for a second. The Tigers are traveling to Missouri early kickoff, 11 o'clock kickoff to take on the Tigers, Uh a Missouri Tiger team. That's five and oh, in the season and is really good offensively. They got a good quarterback who, um, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, you can't get much better than that. Completing 74.5% of his passes, Brian Kelly has been open this week and saying, hey, man, I support Matt House. Matt House is our guy. We've got to get our guys better. We've got to get our guys in better um, you know, shape to stop the run, stop the pass. You bring in Pete Jenkins. He's not going to be an on-field coach, but he's in the building, and I practice every day working on fundamentals and techniques. And I don't know. I just feel like this is a crossroads game. I could see it going one of two ways. I could see LSU having kind of a come-to-Jesus week, looking a lot better, getting some stops, and really putting it on Missouri. 
<clears throat> or I could see it going the other direction and the defense just having another rough day and you're going to have to try to outscore them. Um, but the longer these defensive issues linger, <laughs> the more and more pressure that's going to be on this Tiger team and this Tiger coaching staff. LSU opened as a 7.5-point favorite. The public ain't buying it. That number's already down to 4.5 for LSU. Uh, the over-under is a zillion, so they think it's going to be a shootout over-under 65. Um, I think LSU will be able to score on Missouri fairly easily. Memphis scored 27 on them. Vanderbilt scored 21 on them. I think LSU's going to get to 35, 40 points. It's going to be a matter of if, if not they can get enough stops. Um, that's going to be the story of the rest of the season. How much progress can this LSU defense make in the middle of the year? This is not an Ole Miss-type offense you're playing, right? I mean, shouldn't be. Come on, it's Missouri. They're undefeated, bro. Who are they playing? Vanderbilt. <laughs> okay, look. People are, are, and it's crazy. You lose a couple of games, now people are looking at everything, trying to dissect this LSU football team and uh, the, the, the attacking some of their assistant coaches. And, and I'm not talking about culture-wise. Just, they, they're trying to find dirt on people, it seems like. It's crazy. It, it's Trying to build a case to fire somebody with cause yeah. if needed. They're going to be fine. They're, they're, How about this? I didn't realize this. I mean, I knew that they were playing this weekend, but Alabama a one point, only a one-point favorite against Texas A&M. This yeah, it, it keeps dropping. It, it was 2-1. <clears throat> Texas A&M allows 253 yards per game. Their defense is really good. I could see a world where Alabama just doesn't score at all. Over under 46 in this game. I could see that under. being under. Yeah, I could see that being 20 to 17. Or, um, I'm not a fan of Texas A&M. In fact, I will be rooting for Alabama Saturday. That's how much I despise Texas A&M. Um, they've got a chance to shut me up. They beat Auburn and Arkansas so far. They're riding high. Oh, we go, we're going to be the ones going to Atlanta. They're riding high coming into this game. I don't think Auburn and Arkansas are worth a flip. I think they're the two worst teams in the West, so I don't think you've really done anything yet. If they beat Alabama, though, they've got a chance to to zip me up once and for all because if they win that game, they're going to be in control of the West. Um, very interested to see if old Max Johnson could could lead the the, the troops past oh, Alabama. Get ready. <laughs> Look, uh, I think it, it can happen. Alabama, oh, everybody, they, they beat uh, Mississippi State. <laughs> That game was a lot closer than what that final score was. And I, I just – they're still not playing up to the level that I think Alabama should be playing. Uh, it's a struggle this year. And their defense is, is is playing well enough to keep them in games. And if Milro can just go in there and not lose the game for – it's crazy. You even That's what bad teams talk about, quarterback – Go in and just don't lose the game yeah, for us. Don't turn it over. Yeah, and if he can do that, they'll have a shot. But yeah, this is, I think is going to be a very close game. Can go either way. We've also got the Red River Shootout. Um, both teams are undefeated. Oklahoma's five and zero. Texas is five and zero. Brent Venables has done a really good job turning that Oklahoma team around. They had a terrible year last year, um, but they're five and zero. They're coming off of a fifty to twenty win against Iowa State. They beat Cincinnati on the road twenty to six. Um, I'm not all the way on Texas being a legitimate national championship contender yet. I know they beat Alabama on the road, but the rest of their schedule is kind of blah. Um, this is going to be a fun one. Two future SEC schools playing one another for the first time as members of the big, or for the last time as one of the members of the Big 12. 
Um, how do you lean Oklahoma and Texas? Texas is favored by six, by the way. Uh, I, I'm leaning Texas. I think a statement game for them to let people know, hey, we're here, we belong. Uh, more and more, I'm getting, I think Texas is going to be up there. And I, I think Texas pulls it out. Bro, I got to tell you, confession. Y'all might laugh at home. Y'all might think I'm crazy. I don't think Georgia's that good. I watched them struggle past South Carolina. I watched them struggle past Auburn. I don't think either of those teams are very good. Playing Kentucky this weekend, and they're 14-and-a-half-point favorite. I kind of like That's a lot of points. I kind of like Kentucky to stay within the 14-and-a-half, considering that last week they beat Florida 33-14. to 14. Defensively, Kentucky is very good. They only allow 75 yards rushing. It's going to be a defensive struggle. I think Kentucky's going to cover that number. I don't think they'll win. I don't think they'll win on the road at Georgia. But I don't think they'll get blown out or embarrassed either. I think that they're going to play strong, and I think that that one's going to be a four-quarter game out in Athens this week. Uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, just watching the way yeah. they struggled against um, against Auburn was not awe-inspiring for me. Um, USC, they're the talk of the West Coast. They've got Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy candidate, uh, reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Williams has 21 touchdowns, one interception. USC doesn't play any defense at all. They almost let Colorado come all the way back last week. They won 48-41. to Now they're taking on an Arizona team who is better than the 3-2 and record would indicate. Arizona almost beat Washington last week, who a lot of folks think is one of the better teams. USC's not a legitimate national championship contender, are they, right? They're ranked number nine, but, boy, they don't guard at all, man. They gave up 28 to San Jose, 28 to Arizona State, 41 to Colorado. Like, it feels like when you're playing them, all you got to do is force one punt or force one turnover, and you're in control of the game. You're going to score just about every time. I don't know that Arizona's going to be the school to challenge them this week, but just looking down the road, they've got Notre Dame coming up. They've got Utah coming up. They've got Washington coming up. They've got Oregon coming up. They're, oh, that's a stretch. They're going to get They're going to get their share. I, I just don't think they're good enough no, defensively. No, they're not. They're not. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that they're good enough defensively to, to make that push. Um, there are a lot of folks who are chirping and saying that they believe Michigan's the best team in the country. They're 5-0. and They haven't allowed double digits all year. Defensively, they've allowed 16-20. They've allowed 30 points in five games, including a 45-7 win over Nebraska. Is this just because they're not playing anybody, or is this the year that Harbaugh and the crew might actually win the big game and take advantage of a weaker SEC? I don't think he's going to win the big game, but – they're uh they're much better, I think right now. Uh, they're gonna keep getting better. Uh, they'll they'll choke at the end. Think so? Yeah. I, and then you in look, the top four. I, yeah, they got a shot getting in there for sure. You don't think you don't think they could beat but like I, an Alabama or a Georgia or anything? Well, like they that? can beat Alabama. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> such an Alabama hater. You're more of an Alabama hater than me, and you're you're a fan. No, I'm, I'm saying it like it is. I don't. <laughs> they're struggling this year. It's a big struggle. Nichols will be taking on, I believe, Houston Christian this week. That's an opportunity for the Colonels to get to two and zero in Southland Conference play. They should be heavily favored to win that game. But man, the Southland Conference is a little bit drunk this year. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Houston Christians it was picked to finish like near the bottom. And they went on the road and beat Southeastern by 15. 34-19, Southeastern was supposed to be at the top. They're 0-5. Nichols starts off 0-3, and I think they're one of the favorites. Like I don't have a clue who the big dogs are. Incarnate Word is ranked in the, in the top 25 of the FCS. 
So I would assume they would be one of the big contenders. But, man, this thing is wide open. And I, I saw something that, was it, Colin Guggenheim said, uh, the running back for the Colonels said earlier in the week, he said, hey, man, we just approached those non-district games almost like preseason. You know, we're last week we approached it like we were 0-0 zero and zero again. The Colonels beat up on McNeese on Saturday. McNeese and Lake Charles has been a tough place for Nichols to play for decades. So to get a 31-10 win was strong. They're going to be favored at home the next two. I think the Colonels are about ready to start taking some momentum, man. I think that they're they're about ready to get to much calmer waters here Pick uh, whenever they're going to actually be picking on somebody their own size and not playing TCU and Tulane and schools like that. Yeah, look, in Southeastern, 0-5, they can still win the conference. They control their own destiny as far as the conference goes. So it's it's wide open. I agree. I think uh, Nichols will uh, – they, they have turned the corner, and hopefully they can uh, make it official <laughs> this weekend that they have turned the corner and get another victory. No doubt. Let's catch our final break. When we get back, we will talk about the New Orleans Saints and also Thursday night football tonight. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and cut off the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. At Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Hi, my name is Daniel Lorraine, candidate for re-election for Lafouche Parish Councilman District 9. I'm presently retired and have the knowledge the experience, and the desire to keep serving the people of South Lafourche. Let me continue to be the voice of South Lafourche. On October the 14th, I would appreciate your vote and support. Number 82, God bless, paid for by the Daniel Lorraine Campaign Fund. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, when it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. If you don't know this one, oh, Hulk. Thank you. 
The Hulkster. Real American rocking and rolling here on Play by Play. Reminder, tomorrow we're taking the show on the road. We're going to Absolute Fitness uh, out in Galliano. We're going to be passing a good time with the folks there from 1130 to 1. That's you. Oh, goodness gracious. Where'd that come from? Well, show up at Absolute Fitness tomorrow. Yeah, show they got up at Absolute special, Fitness. special sign-ups going on. If you sign up and join, uh, you get to pull out of a bag, and you can either get discounts from the uh, – and their, their place of business, they have a, a gift card they'll give you. Uh, no signing fee will be waived, or I think it's a month free you'll get. So a great time to sign up tomorrow. Come visit us. We'll be doing play-by-play live from Absolute Fitness. What are they calling it? Uh, uh, no treats, all uh, – no, no, no tricks, all treats or something like that? What? Yeah, look, uh, let me – I want to say it right. Yeah, unlike me. <laughs> I didn't say that right at all. No. Absolutely no tricks, all treats. Join and pick out of a bag and receive one of the following. One free month, no joining fee, or a $50 gym gift card. And they also going to have a special wheel to spin to get prizes. So, yeah, come join us tomorrow. We're going to be having a great time. Um, let's talk about the New Orleans Saints here. You said last week, after the Cowboys lost, that you were kind of concerned about Dallas's locker room. Said that you saw some pouting on the sidelines and some guys maybe not all pulling in the right direction. Um, after Sunday's game, Alvin Kamara said, basically, you know, hey, I don't like losing. We got to figure our offense out. Something's got to change. And it was kind of pointed, and it kind of felt like he was blaming the coaches a little bit. <clears throat> but not a whole lot was made of it because, you know, hey, it's the heat of the moment. It's a loss, whatever. You know, people say things. Well, he spoke again yesterday and basically said, hey, our coaches don't know what the hell they're doing on offense, in not so many words. Um, said, hey, we've got to mix and match our personnel better. We've got to call plays better. I want to run the football more. I don't want to catch the ball 13 times for 30 yards anymore. Um, was pretty critical. I thought he was honest, but he was pretty critical. Your Saints offense is averaging 308 yards a game. That's embarrassing. New England, who has an equally terrible offense, Averages 332, so they got you beat by 25 yards. Um, are you starting to get concerned? Some of these guys, especially on the offensive side of the locker room, are looking at this and saying, man, those guys giving us these plays, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Are you starting to get concerned about the locker room a little bit? Yes, yes, 100%. But look, I, I get it. After the game, right after the game, it may have been 30 minutes and not even dressed. I mean, he's in his locker still. Reporters come and put a microphone on it. So you're going to get some some emotion from some of these players. And he pretty much said, we need to have conversations. Exactly. You're right. But to come out a few days later. And still be angry. And, and still say it where these conversations should have been had in the locker room, and the, the offices, where it stays there. Does not need to be brought out into the public. And again, that's what bad teams and organizations do. They bring all that stuff from where it should be kept in a locker room. They bring it outside into the public, and that's where it does not belong. You fix your problems in your building. You don't have to take it out. And he's, he's right, though. <laughs> they have problems. But you settle that indoors. Don't bring it out to the public. But we'll, we'll see. I, look, uh, the Saints going into New England, get ready. It's going to be a knockout 
fight here coming up is going to be a, a, a long game. Can the Saints pull it out at the end? I don't know. Low scoring. They got to find ways to score. And it's not getting done right now. Uh, and who you, where you put the blame, Casey? Squarely on the shoulders of the guy who's 17 and 40 for his career. Squarely on the shoulders of the guy who should have never been hired to be the head coach in the first place. Squarely on the shoulders of the guy who's blown three double-digit leads during his time in New Orleans, including an 18-17 to 17 loss against Green Bay this year. This has to be, if this doesn't get turned around right now, this has to be the final straw for Dennis Allen. And look, his defense is good, right? You know, So on one hand, it's hard to blame. But you are responsible for hiring an adequate offensive staff. You were the one who chose whenever you were hired. You said, ah, let's just run it back. Carmichael's our guy. You were the one, after seeing it be a disaster with Carmichael last year, who opted to not hire a new offensive coordinator this year, who opted to not hire a new offensive line coach and brought back Doug Marone, even though your offensive line continues to underperform. You were the one who said, hey, it's not anything we're doing wrong, y'all. We're just a quarterback away. So assuming that Derek Carr would come in and save and fix everything, who do I blame? I think the blame falls on Dennis Allen's shoulders. And if he don't win 10-plus games, I think he is done in New Orleans and will be a coordinator in Denver next year. All right. Back uh Sean Payton leaves. Their locker room was pretty much a good locker room. Yep. So they didn't want to make any waves. The easiest thing to do, go ahead and give Dennis Allen the job. Keep things moving in that direction. What At the beginning of the season, and last year I believe even, that locker room, the play, they like Dennis Allen. I mean, they like him. But he's not producing wins for that team. And you're right. The decisions he's making, bad decisions. And especially on offense, you still don't have a quarterback. Everyone, Derek Carr, I thought would have come in and, and like we mentioned before, just don't lose the game for us. We have a, a good enough defense where just don't lose the game for us. And he's not getting that done. And with Pete Carmichael, change, stop throwing these two or three yard passes. You get the ball to. To Alvin Kamara in, in, in the backfield, he's got to break a tackle. If not, it's a two-yard loss, but he keeps breaking tackles. That's why he's gaining a few yards. You can't run the ball. You can't protect the quarterback. That's offensive-wise. There's just zero imagination. There's zero I'm not, oh, I'm looking, pride or flow. There's no flow to his offensive calling right now they're boring offense to watch and it just it, it's bad and yes let someone else call the plays and i understand it's only four games into the season but casey you scoring 15 points a game and some of that is because your defense gave you short fields with turnovers and punt returns and if not for that it would be worse than that um look I saw. I don't know if you know who Mike Lombardi is, but he's a great follow on social media. He's a football analyst. And he said, hey, you want to see how bad the play calling is in New Orleans? Look at this. The Saints ran a play from the red zone on Sunday where Taysom Hill was in shotgun. <clears throat> Derek Carr was lined up at running back. 
Hill handed it off to Carr, who ran a little bit to the left, and then handed it off to Kamara. And Lombardi's point was, look at what the defense is doing. As soon as Carr got the ball, the defense selling out. He's handing it back. Like, he's not running. We know he's not running. He's hurt. He's not running. And Lombardi's point was, you could have run that exact play, but would have had Carr at quarterback handing it to Hill, then all of a sudden the defense has to respect the guy running the ball, and they can't sell out, and they can't stop it. That play got stopped for about an eight-yard loss just because they didn't have the personnel mixed and matched right. That's a that's a that, like that's a huge mistake to make, especially in the red zone. It feels like they're just throwing stuff at the wall to see what could stick. And then another thing that I don't like is the fact that we've now played four games. Your leading rusher has a hundred yards rushing. Taysom Hills, your leading rusher, a hundred yards rushing. Jamal Williams, he's been in and out of the lineup, twenty-seven carries, seventy-four yards, two point seven average. That's terrible. Tony Jones, 21 carries, 70 yards, 3.3 average. That's terrible. As a team, 3.5 yards per carry rushing. That's terrible. If you can't figure out a way to start running the football, you're in trouble. You're in trouble because here's what's going to happen. You're going to start selling out to throwing more. What's going to happen? Incomplete, incomplete, incomplete punt. Your defense is going to be on the field all game long like they were Sunday. And then in addition to that, you're going to actually, instead of all the offensive problems you're going to have, you're going to start giving up points too on top of that. And then it becomes a roller coaster that things could spiral out of control pretty quickly. Well, that goes back to the Sean Payton era where he didn't like running the football. He was never committed to running it. He would run it. He just he starts throwing. Where Carmichael learned from? The same mindset. That, yep. that, just want to, they're not going to commit to run the football. They can't right now. It's tough, but I don't know. And you, and you have a quarterback that just holds the football way too long, uh, taking all kinds of sacks, and it's um, it's not good. And Casey is going to continue falling apart this weekend. You think so? You think New England's going to put it on them? Yes. So one of the things that I always said is that poorly coached teams commit a lot of penalties. New Orleans has committed 24 penalties this season. They're not near the bottom, but they're in the middle. That, that's got to get better because, man, I did see this stat the other day. They're number one in the NFL in holding penalties. Some of it is the offensive line's getting blown up and they're grabbing hold so that car doesn't get killed. But sometimes we see wide receivers blocking down the field that are just tackling guys. Like Fundamentally, they've got to clean some of that stuff up. Because, man, this ain't a third and 15 offense. There's no Drew Brees here anymore. You know what Derek Carr does on third and 15? He throws a two-yard pass to Kamara and then starts walking to the sideline so they could punt. Um, Got to stay ahead of the chains better, man. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. Got to stay ahead of the chains. And you look, this last game against Tampa, their game plan was because they were playing a quarterback that was hurt. <clears throat> you got to show the injury. How can you come back in a week? Well, well, here's the thing. Dennis Allen said yesterday, oh, we put Winston at the end because Carr told us his shoulder was sore. They're going to end up breaking their toy here. And then you're going to have all Winston. And we know what all Winston's going to be. It's going to be more turnovers than a baker, and you're going to lose a lot. They, they better figure out a way to get this Carr injury healed because if it's five-yard passes in a cloud of dust, you're not going to move the ball on anybody. Look, and I thought about, I swear I thought about this during that game, when they were getting ready to put Winston in at the end of that game, 
the camera just showed a picture of him. It reminded me the look that Ian Book had when he had to play. <laughs> I told you here. My, it's like, my buddy Richard always says Winston doesn't want to play. He got axed last year to start in week 14 for Andy Dalton. Said, no, nah, I'm good. Dalton could... I don't think he wants to play. It's like li the little Giants want to give the ball to what little Johnny or whatever. You can't. I'm little Johnny. Yeah. You can't put Winston in. I'm Winston. Yeah. yeah I don't. He didn't want to go in. He looked just oh. Like, he, please don't do this to me. And what did he do? He dropped back and threw the ball straight to the defense, and then went walked under, back under, to the sideline. Under throne. So tonight we got Thursday night football. The Commanders are six point favorite against the Bears. Um, let me see if there's anything I like about this. I you can't take the Bears. I'm not taking the Bears, but I don't trust the Commanders either. Um, I do like, let's see, rushing yards. Give me Justin Fields over 47 rushing yards. That's pretty much all he wants to do. Um, and then let's see if we got any totals here. Give me Sam Howell. No, actually, you know what? Give me Justin Fields under 189 yards passing. So give me the over for Fields rushing the under for fields passing. There's no MLB for me to give you today because all the series were sweeps. One last quick note before we wrap up. Um, Joel Embiid of the 76ers announced today that he will be playing for Team USA at the 2024 Olympics. Embiid has dual citizenship between the United States and France. He just became an American citizen. And he said, hey, I want to go try to win the gold medal with the Americans. So good on you, Joel. Um I hope everybody had fun beating USA this summer because Joel Embiid joined Stephen Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and others who said they're going to play in the Olympics. So, uh, yeah, I hope everybody had their fun. <laughs> I had fun. I was pressing 500 buttons to get this on. That's all for us. We're going to Central LaFouche tonight, 6 o'clock, Golden Medal. Hold on. Not Golden Medal. LCO. This is the second time I say Golden Medal and Raceland. LCO and Raceland tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. God bless you guys from Absolute Fitness tomorrow. Good night.